Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hope everyone's doing well. Qadid wa Huda, you're doing good and alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, how are you doing? Alhamdulillah. Um, we are blessed to have you on. And inshallah, as you can give us some <coughs> memories of Ramadan again, when we sometimes we used to have you come on and recite Quran before we used to start our session. So before Sheikh Masbari and Sheikh Abdullah get on today, we would just like you to recite some verses of the Qur'an to enlighten our hearts and soften our hearts on these blessed days of the Hijjah. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim Al-Hajj ashhurum ma'lumat Faman farada fihinna al-Hajj Fala rafatha wala fusuqa wala jidala fil-Hajj وَمَا تَفْعَلُوا مِنْ خَيْرٍ يَعْلَمْهُ اللَّهِ وَتَزَوَّدُوا فَإِنَّ خَيْرَ الزَّادِ التَّقْوَى وَاتَّقُونِ يَا أُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ ليس عليكم جناح أن تبتغوا فضلا من ربكم فإذا أفضتم من عرفات فاذكروا الله فاذكروا الله عند المشعر الحرام وَاذْكُرُوهُ كَمَا هَدَاكُمْ وَإِن كُنْتُمْ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ لَمِنَ الضَّالِّينَ ثُمَّ أَفِيضُوا مِنْ حَيْثُ أَفَاضَ النَّاسِ أَفِيضُوا مِنْ حَيْثُ أَفَاضَ النَّاسُ وَاسْتَغْفِرُوا اللَّهَ وَاسْتَغْفِرُوا اللَّهَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ فَإِذَا قَضَيْتُمْ مَنَاسِكَكُمْ فَاذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ كَذِكْرِكُمْ آبَاءَكُمْ أشد ذكرا فمن الناس من يقول ربنا آتنا في الدنيا ربنا آتنا في الدنيا وما له في الآخرة من خلاق ومنهم يقول ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة 
الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار أولئك لهم نصيب مما كسبوا والله سريع الحساب واذكروا الله في أيام معدودات واذكروا الله في أيام معدودات فمن تعجل في يومين فلا إثم عليه ومن تأخر فلا إثم عليه لمن اتقى واتقوا الله واعلموا أنكم إليه تحشرون صدق الله العظيم Jazakallah khair, Jazakallah khair, Jazakallah khair, thank you so much for enlightening us and um, I'm sure the, the viewers were blessed with this qira'ah and Allah bless you for your recitation, may Allah bless your parents and your siblings and your teachers, <laughs> make dua for us, um, wallahi there's nothing like the recitation of Quran that can soften people's hearts when the Prophet was asked that how do we remove the rust out of our hearts and the Prophet he said uh, reciting Quran more often and remembering of the death it, it softens the heart so Jazakallah khair for starting our session tonight with the recitation of Quran and hopefully we will see you again everybody say mashallah and make dua for him Jazakallah khair Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Assalamu alaikum Sheikh Muhammad al-Masmari Assalamu alaikum Sheikh how are you? Alhamdulillah how are you doing? Alhamdulillah, good to see you. Always a blessing. Jazakallah khair, Jazakallah khair. I changed my I changed my setting up a little bit over here. How so? My I'm not looking directly at the camera because I'm looking at you now. That's good because you know we need a little less nude. There was too much nude on the cam, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking straight at you. You know the camera's on the angle. I think hopefully this this is Sheikh Abdullah approves of it when he comes on. Let's see what Bajan says. So you're under pressure, you know. Bajan's Bajan's fans are already here. Mashallah. I think he changed his name to Assalamualaikum to everybody um, Who is uh, on May Allah bless you for joining us tonight And hopefully you will in, um, Oh Assalamualaikum Assalamualaikum You're going the whole hardcore mode. Not even combing your hair Not cutting You're just going the, you know, you're going the whole nine yards Are you trying to say I look bad or something? No I'm just trying to say anything I'm just trying to say mashallah but the, um, the the promise is tomorrow, right? When do we have to take the topis off and do the haram? Um, especially, especially Sheikh Abdul Rahman. I guess you have to demonstrate. Um, I'm gonna take off my hat. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be on Saturday, actually, Sheikh. Tomorrow we have one more day of Medina, and then it's Saturday. I'm okay with that. If it's gonna happen, I, I, I don't mind waiting till next Friday. <laughs> <laughs> So I think we we have a pretty much unanimous decision that we're gonna do that, right? Um, inshallah, let's do. I'm gonna get my ihram and put it on, and we'll go. We'll do the whole nine yards. I'm not sure if I'm gonna cut my hair this year. I want to make it 
more sacrifice for me to go next year when I go next year. We take we cut it together when we're there. But at least take at least take off your turban. I don't think people wear turbans in a haram. You and Sheikh Abdullah. <laughs> inshallah, inshallah. Uh, it's one of the sisters um, that give you know we all three of us. May Allah bless you so much. I think the sister Samira. She made dua for us uh, a few nights ago, and she gave us such a beautiful dua that may Allah make us see the Prophet in our dream that night. Um, I'm not going to tell you if your dua was accepted, but Jazakallah Khair so much for giving. Those are the duas that we live for. You know, every single time you leave and you get you, you leave these duas with us, and we say Amin. We live for those duas. Jazakallah Khair for you making dua for us and continue to make dua for us and everyone who's watching and all those who are suffering all over the world. Mm -hmm. So Sheikh Masmari and Sheikh Abdullah, let's get right into it, Bajan. I think we have. Uh, I, th I think Sheikh Abdul Wahab has arranged for a munshid at the end because they're tired of hearing me in my Urdu nasheeds, man. They're like, all right, get this guy off the mic, man. This guy thinks he can sing. You do with some spirit, mashallah. It's always beautiful. Muftisab, so, you're shining, man. You're looking different. You, you like this angle, Bajan? You approve of it? I, 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 who am I to approve or disapprove? I'm Khadim, your servant. But, um, but I, I have to say, that I don't think you're looking at me. You're looking at someone else. No, I'm looking straight at you. I'm looking straight at you. But no more, no more. I'm looking straight at you. I'm not even looking at the camera anymore. Okay. So as long as you're looking at me, you're paying attention to what I'm saying. You're looking, looking at the coming out of my mouth. I'm fine with it. I'm looking straight at you. I, I approve. I approve. So um, welcome everyone to the program. And Sheikh Abdul Rahman already welcomed you. Sheikh Masmari, mashallah, has already welcomed you. And uh, here we are tonight. Uh, a lot of people are tuning in, telling us they're enjoying it. So please keep on uh, giving us your feedback and how how this series has impacted you. I want to welcome people from Muslim Unity Center, from Flint Islamic Center, and from the international community who follow Sheikh Abdul Rahman. Um, this is going to be a special evening tonight. Yesterday was very emotional. Um, if, if there's anyone in the audience uh, can, that can tell us what they felt when we were talking about the Prophet I, I read some comments where people were crying and people were uh, they they're like my heart is skipping a beat, and that was just the discussion of uh, of 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 visiting visiting the Prophet Sallallahu grave. Imagine the feeling. Now we're going to inshallah talk about some of the landmarks in Medina, and uh, the the places. This is a city that's full of memory. The Prophet Sallallahu lived here for 13 years, and every step that he took, every masjid that he prayed, you know, uh, every home that he prayed at, actually later on became a masjid. If you went to someone's house, it became a masjid, you know. If you went to someone's community, they made it into they commemorated into a mosque. So the Prophet has his life, majority of his uh prophethood was spent in Medina. Every place in Medina is blessed. So inshallah, we're going to start off one of the biggest landmarks in Medina. When you think about Medina, when you go for Umrah or Hajj, one of the places you have to visit, Sheikh Masmadi, can you tell us some of the places we must visit? So one of the stations that we visit, of course, is is Uhud. It's Uhud, we visit Qiba or Quba, we visit Masjid al Qiblatayn. But of course, Uhud is where people congregate and come together. It's a beautiful place to visit. So, Sheikh, before you jump into that, that's so basically today, you know, so the first day you're in Medina to Munawwara, you arrive. Sometimes you go that same night to Masjid Nabwi, or sometimes you go the next day. So, we had it as day two. Then you go to Masjid Nabwi, you say salam for the first time. You take in the moment we talked about that yesterday. Then usually these 10-day packages, the next day, day three, is when they start taking you for visitations of the holy sites or landmarks of Madinat Munawwara. Yeah. Now, of course, these ones are very... I mean, I always tell people one of the reasons why it's always 
advantages there's a, there's an advantage to go for umrah is because you have more time to visit these places now of course you don't want to just be as a you know a sightseeing taking pictures but again what you said yesterday sheikh about istihbar like feeling that moment being there in that moment so you can take it all in so you can benefit from the mercy of Allah and you can take something back from there right and that's how our elders did it so everyone has their own personal favorite landmarks of Medina outside of Masjid Nabawi and I, I mean I'm not going to go into which one is which one is more exciting or a more spiritually uplifting for any one of us but I do believe that there is a general consensus that one of the most visited places in Medina Munawara is Mount Uhud and and it's an interesting place because that mountain I mean, when when the Prophet spoke about this mountain, he saw Salam, he spoke about it in a way where he said, This is a mountain that loves us and we love him or we love it. Yeah, it's so it's a beautiful relationship the Prophet had with this mountain. And so many ahadith the Prophet would give you know examples of this Mount Uhud. So in our visitations in Madinat Munawwara, we usually go to Mount Uhud. And when we go there, Shaykh, it's hot. People are you know trying to put shade on. We can't listen to, we can't hear our leader because the mic's not working. Things are going all over the place. We get there, we see a small hill, then we see a, a cemetery, then we see a big masjid, then we see a mountain. So we're all over the place. When someone hasn't seen it for the first time, really he's confused or she's confused. So hopefully next, before anyone goes to Medina Munawara for the next time, and for all of us who are visit, uh, uh, viewing and have visited already, they can they can use this as a resource and say, okay, what is going on here? What so that whatever we're gonna hear there, we've already heard it before, and now we can actually benefit from that sight and see what this mountain's all about. So, Sheikh Masmari, when you take your crowd, when you take your group over there, and you're you know getting off that bus, what are you going through at this moment? I will share my experience about what are you going through as you're speaking. I'll share some pictures, but when you get there, what are you going through? What are some things that are coming to your mind about this mount? This mountain of Uhud that has such a—I mean, it has so much. It's so—it's so deeply rooted in our Sharia, in our Sirah, and it—you know—and it has so much. We have so many, so much feelings for this because the Prophet had so many different hadith that he mentioned this. So, what are you going through? What are you saying to your uh, audience when you get there? Subhanallah. So, of course, there's so many points to share, but we're gonna try to limit those points so we can all be ibnillah continue this discussion. Bismillah Jazakumullah khair, our dear Mashaykh, for taking us through this beautiful journey. May Allah accept from us all and allow us to stand on Uhud soon, inshaAllah. Amen. So the first thing that comes to mind as I walk to Uhud, knowing that Uhud is as is. It remains as is. It has not yet changed. And subhanAllah, it confirms that this was a land that he sallallahu alayhi wasallam stepped on. That's number one. Just the idea that now when you step in the Medina, I know we have the same feeling, but you're standing on marble and beautiful walls. And Sheikh Abdul Rahman said, when you walk into the masjid, don't be distracted with uh, the masjid and the carpet and the walls. When you go to Uhud, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam stepped on that dirt. That's number one. Number two, I remember the Prophet ﷺ getting injured. This was a land in which the blood of the Prophet ﷺ touched the ground. Uhud. So he ﷺ, of course, faced many challenges in Uhud. One point, of course, then I will allow my mashayikh to talk, 
is the idea of visiting Uhud itself. Uhud has nothing but bad memories. Uhud has nothing but bad memories. The Prophet ﷺ did not want to go and fight in Uhud. He wanted to stay in Medina. But it was the consultation of the youth that pushed the Prophet ﷺ out of the city itself towards Uhud. And he ﷺ, of course, and the Sahaba went through a major struggle. And Uhud was nothing but a bad memory. But how he ﷺ was able to switch that which was completely negative to that which is positive where you have people a thousand for a hundred years later wish the day to visit Uhud why because this was a mountain that he sallallahu alayhi wasallam loved Uhud jabalun nuhibbuhu wa yuhibbuna that Uhud is a mountain that loves us and we love it in return subhanallah so how he was able to switch the mindset and this is the first thing is that now this is a positive landmark. This is a positive location that he sallallahu alayhi wasallam has asked his ummah to at least look at because it's part of Jannah. Uhud is one of the mountains of Jannah. So when we're visiting Uhud, we're also visiting a location in Jannah. And of course, this is just one point as we step down the bus heading towards the beautiful mountain of Uhud. So Bajan, what are when you when you said that um when I, Bajan, what are, you, what are you going through when you get to Mount Uhud? What, what's going through your mind, Bajan? As Sheikh Masmani said, when he's getting to this mountain, how the Prophet flipped the script. This was not a mountain which, in which there was good memories, right? But he left, them, he left the Ummah with love for it. Now we get there and we, we're all gathering there. We have this love for this mountain. We're looking, at the, we're looking at it right now. I mean, this mountain is about seven kilometers long in, in length, two and a half kilometers in width. Right, I mean, this is a massive. I mean, it's a massive mountain. It's on the northern side of Madinat al-Munawwar, and it goes west to east, right? And there's so many things that happen over here on that day. So when I mean, I'll share my feelings when I'm getting there. But so many different stories, so many different personalities, so many different reflections that you can take from when you when you're getting there, Bajan. What are you thinking of? You know, um, I think you probably have the same thing. You're probably gonna take the same words out of my mouth. But um, I just think about this was a face-off of devotion. This was uh, a land where you got to see the most dedicated people express their love to the Prophet mm-hmm. You know, you never get to know how much someone loves you until you need them to stand up for you. And, you know, there, there was never a day like this where everyone was collectively ready to give their life for him. When I when I see the day of Uhud, I just see it as every time when I talk about love of the Prophet, Uhud is going to be a discussion. Because this was an an a human, human, there were human shields who were shielding the Prophet. We're going to talk about that. This was a day where the Ummah of the Prophet did not fail to show their expression of love. This was a day that Allah witnessed, and we read such devotion that no other prophet no other king, no other individual had ever on their side. That's what I see. I just see demonstration of pure love. Of course, I also see I always see the I always think about Hanta, who is there, such a great personality. And I think about Musab, the first ambassador to arrive in Medina. You know, I think about Abdullah bin Tahash, you know, such a great a relative of the Prophet, a cousin of the Prophet, you know. Uh, such great people who are buried there 
and it's just uh, it's just unbelievable, Mufti Sab. That's what I see. But John, one that's great you mentioned that. So when I get there to Mount Ohud, you wanna you I, wanna move this, you don't have to keep the screen there. You know, I want to see your face. I want to see Sheikh Masmari's face. No, I want to. I'm I'm gonna share it. But before we go ahead, when I get to Mount Ohud, there's 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 all these different personalities, and I think all of us, Sheikh Masmari, you and Sheikh Abdullah, can share a story of the Battle of Ohud or something you remember from it. Um, individually, so I'll share my personal reflection. When I get to what Sheikh Abdullah Bajan just said, is this is a mountain, this is a place where for the first time in the Prophet's life, he's seeing in front of him people giving their entire lives. Like, I mean, it's like he's faced with this. These are Ansar, these are not people of Makkah, and, and this this is the face off of devotion. They're showing, you know, ah nakar, labon kosi, ishq hai dil lagi nahi, right. What does that mean? You know, he says, uh, he, the, the poet says, like, don't say much. He says, keep moving ahead. Don't say much. He says, don't say much. You don't have to say much. You want to show your love for the Prophet Keep moving forward and put your chest forward. And they say in the battle of Uhud, every single... Everyone who got hit, they got hit right here. They, they weren't facing backwards. Their necks were like this. Come on. We want that shahada. We want to go. We want to prove to the Prophet and Allah that we love him. There's one particular place, and that's this is one particular person and one particular place that I remember when I go to Uhud. And I really like this man has left. I mean, I love this Sahabi in a different manner. Like this, my love for this Sahabi is different than anybody else. And this particular place is this right here. People don't know about this, but this is a small cave in Mount Uhud, which you can't even go to. Now, whenever I come here, I think of this little cave. Is that on the, the cave? This is the cave right here. Okay, I've, I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. On the on the day of Uhud, the Prophet, the, the first, you know, my Sheikh Abdullah is a master of Sirah. The, the I only want to know that, you know, I teach a Sirah intensive every year, and this is our, our, our student guide right here. If you can see this, you know. Sira intensive. We put this together. You know, uh, but then you always, but then you, even the most serious moments, you're marketing something, man. Just watch you're marketing. Me. You you have to market something. He's talking about. You know, it's it's just serious, man. Why if you know if if you people um, if Geico is not scared to uh, market with their their insurance with the Geico, I'm not I'm not shy to market Sira. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's give you, you 15 years in hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here, this when I get there, I think of this 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 cave in Mount Uhud, and I think of one Sahabi. The first when when the non the non Muslims Muslims they first met, the Muslims had the upper hand, and then of course we know the story when Khalid Muhammad comes around and the archers left the, the hill. At this moment, the Prophet turns his back towards the battlefield and he runs towards an elevated place in Mount Uhud. So when he climbs this elevated place, when he turns around, he is in an elevated place, and the, the disbelievers are in are in a, in a lower ground. So now he is in plain sight; they can see him. So this is the moment where they picked up rocks and they started shooting arrows at him. This is the moment when the Prophet suffered all of his injuries when he was at this elevated plane, and everybody else at this lower plane. Now, while he's there, a person from the enemy lines jumps up, and his head. This is the Prophet facing this way, and this person is facing the opposite way. So the Prophet doesn't even see him, so someone doesn't even see him right now. All of a sudden, this person turns around like this, 
he's wearing a shield and he's wearing a helmet. The Prophet doesn't see him. But the Prophet says, Kun Talha. I hope this man is Talha. I hope this person is Talha. And, and it was Talha bin Ubaidullah. The Talha bin Ubaidullah sticks his hand out to protect the face of the Prophet because an arrow was coming and his hand gets, you know, one after the other, an arrow is hitting his, his arm. And when he realizes his arm and his hand is not enough to protect the body of the Prophet, he grabs the Prophet on his shoulder and he puts his back towards the battlefield and everyone's shooting Some arrows on his back. If you can move the mountain, we want to see you, man. Honestly, the crowd wants to see you. It's, I, I kind of I want to feel the expression. Yeah, that, that's that, there we are, Mufti Sab. Go ahead. So what happens? And and so now the now Talha bin Ubaidullah uh, is he puts the Prophet on his back and now his back it's it, it, you know the archers are shooting his back like these are when Talha bin Ubaidullah's daughter says he had more than twenty seven to thirty like wounds like these are gunshot wounds on his back only he became paralyzed his hand became paralyzed for the rest of his life he could not pick up his right hand many many years later when he was doing bay'ah on the hand of Ali bin Abi Talib when he got up. And to do bay'ah, and uh, he did with it. He put his left hand, and the young people that didn't know this man, what his background was, they started criticizing him. Said, "Oh, old man, you when know, you should." When he was pledging. Yeah, when he was pledging, and he said, "You should have put your right hand when you're pledging allegiance to Ali bin Abi Talib." And Ali bin Abi Talib started crying on him, and he said, "Don't you know this person? He, this hand was martyred and paralyzed to protect the face of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam." So when I think, and then he puts the Prophet sallallahu down. And then he he falls unconscious because of excessive blood flowing out of his body. When I think of this, that's what Abu Bakr says. I come there, I pick up Talha bin Ubaidullah, I put him in my lap, and I say, Talha. The day of Uhud is a day of Talha bin Ubaidullah. Because the way the Prophet was looking at him when he was laying down in that cave, and Talha bin Ubaidullah was on the, in, the, in the mouth of the cave, and how he was looking at him and smiling, and this, you know, this amazing uh, expression on his face of being proud of this man who just was ready to give his life for this person, right? So this, for me, when I get to Mount Uhud, I say this is what I think of. That these people were ready to give their lives, their hands, their bodies for the Prophet What are we ready to give for the Sunnah of the Prophet What are we ready to give up? It's, it's How much are you ready to give up for this man? How much How much luxury? What did Abu Bakr, what did Abu Bakr say when he talked about Uhud? He said, Yeah, he was a highlight. He was a highlight. This is the day of Talha. What are you ready to give up, my brother or my sister? How much are you ready to give up? Today, you know, we say that, look, this is sunnah, it's just a sunnah, you know. No, but these are people who look for the extra sunnahs in their lives just so they can make the Prophet proud of them. They could get the smile of the Prophet, right? So when I come to the when I come to this beautiful mountain, the first story that comes to my mind is the story of Talha bin Ubaidullah. Ji Sheikh Masmari, what are you thinking of? What story do you think of? Who do you think of? So there's so many lessons from Uhud. So let, as we're going step by step, so now is a story. Subhanallah, for me, the story that moves me most on that beautiful mountain in that beautiful location is the story of Umu Imara, radiallahu anha. Allahumma. When Umu Imara, when the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when the Sahaba broke the command of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, some of them, whom were on that small hill. Sheikh Masmi is frozen. Muftisab? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, I think until we get him back, we'll give them the name of Umm Umara. 
whose name was Nusayba. Nusayba, Nusayba bin Taqab. You know? And uh, that that's an unbelievable story how she defended the Prophet ﷺ. As the men disperse, this woman comes and she starts to defend the Prophet ﷺ. And she, when everybody left, she was there defending the Prophet So I'm going to let Sheikh Masmari come and tell the story. But while he was telling the story, Mufti Sahib, Umm Umara, her son Umara, he's a, he's a young man who is also participating in the battle of, um, of Uhud. This is one of the um, most, he's going to talk about the mother. I'm going to talk about the son. Mufti Sahib, when people ran away, both mother and the son showed up to defend the Prophet. Umm Umara and, and uh, Umara. And uh, I will let Sheikh Masmi speak about Umm Umara, but I talk about what happened to Umara. So he comes, everybody disperses. He was one of the last men standing in front of the Prophet ﷺ. And he fought until he got injured. And finally, uh, Muslims started coming. When he got injured, he was on his, in his last breath. And the Prophet ﷺ said, bring him close to me. Udunu minni. Bring him close to me. Bring him close. Minhu. So they brought him, like he was literally on the ground. They brought his body close to the Prophet ﷺ. So the Sahabi, guess what he does? He takes his cheek and he puts it at the feet of the Prophet. Allah. He puts his face on the feet of the Prophet. He died while his feet, while he was head, his face was at the feet of Rasulullah. What an envious, what an envious death. So I want to invite Sheikh Masmari back. That was the son. Sheikh Masmadi can tell us about the mother. Sheikh Masmadi, I left the story of the mother for you. Allah rizikum al khair. So, Ummu Imara, Ummu Imara radiallahu anha wa ardaha, when Khalid ibn al-Walid attacked from the back, there was complete chaos. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at that given moment was left with no protection. As he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in every battle would have harass, people that would stay behind him, protect him, and he would also engage in the battle himself, but he was mostly protected by the sahaba. And complete chaos, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was left alone, and all the sahaba were all over the place. And at that given moment is when the shaytan yelled, Qutila Muhammad, that Muhammad was killed. Subhanallah, Ummu Imara radiallahu anha, this beautiful lady finds the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by himself. So she picks up a piece of wood. She did not take a sword. And she stood behind the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam defending our Rasul. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, this is the Prophet saying, it's not you, it's not me. He says, maltafattu yameenan walaltafattu shimalan illa waraaytu ummu imara Wow. He said, every time I would look towards my right, any time I would look towards my left, I would find Ummu Imara defending me in the path of Allah with a wooden stick. One of the disbelievers of Quraysh strikes Ummu Imara on her left shoulder. Going back to the Sunnah, people that were not willing to compromise, to give up in the most critical moments in their lives. And once she's struck with her shoulder, she rips off a piece of clothes and she ties her shoulder not people that back down from Fajr because they have a headache or they got a cold. Even though she was striked on her shoulder, she never backed off. And the enemy of Allah comes again and he strikes her on her right shoulder. And she continues to defend the Prophet ﷺ with whatever she has. Wow. 
The Prophet وسلم, when looking at Umm Imara going through that struggle, he looks at her. Imagine as everything is happening, Wahami al Watis and the battle and people are being killed. He says, Ya Umm Imara, salini ma shi'ti min dunya Ask me whatever you desire from this world. Wallahi, at least someone that loves the Prophet could have just asked that Allah cures their illness. Fakat, khalas. She doesn't just shoulders. She she doesn't have to ask, and she's still considered a lover of the Prophet. She doesn't have to ask for money. And her request at that given moment, she was completely aware of that opportunity. Subhanallah again, istihbar. If you look at that, most of our ibadat are messed up because we're not present. At that given moment, with all the difficulty, all the battle, the fights, and her being injured. She takes advantage and she says, I want to be with you in Jannah. The Prophet then shouts out to the people, Ummu Imara Tama'i fil Jannah. This is how Ummu Imara will be with the Prophet. So on the day of Qiyamah, when you see the Prophet walking towards Jannah, you will find Ummu Imara walking by her beloved Prophet. So Ummu Imara is one of the Greatest stories, a long line, many lessons that we learn from Uhud. That is one story that stands out, a beautiful Sahabiyyah, a powerful Sahabiyyah that demonstrated loyalty and love for her beloved Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. SubhanAllah, Shaykh, man, that, that hit home so hard. Bajan, you know, you love saying the story of Anas bin Nadar. I love that story, Bajan. Man, Mufti Saab, I, I, you say the story of Anas bin Nadar, I'm going to say the story of... Um, uh, Saeed bin Zaid. But you say that one first. Bismillah. So what happens with um, when the Prophet Sallallahu was um, in the battlefield, and there was this there was this rumor that he died, right? Anas bin Nadr anhu found out, and he came out running to defend the Prophet Sallallahu and he he said, "What's the point of life if the Prophet is not around us? What's the point of living if I can't see the Prophet Sallallahu he comes out Anas bin Nadr and he defends the Prophet because it was his rumor and he's martyred in this battle and his sister says that I could not even recognize my brother I had I, I, I identified him by the tip of his fingers because his his whole body was mutilated all the 70 people who were martyred and Uhud their entire body was mutilated they were all mutilated their, Musa bin Umair's ears and nose were hanging on a thread same with Anas bin Nadr so the Prophet he saw this, he started crying. But one of the most uh, beloved, you know, I talked, he, you, you said Umm Umara's story. One of my favorite stories are his son. Mata wa kana khadduhu ala qadmi Rasulullah sallallahu That's one, so what I, what I have, I did, a, I did a lecture before, most envious ways of dying. Like, if I was going to imagine the best way to die, this was, the, that in that, when, that, when I prepared the speech, this was one of the stories I chose. Imagine, did you ever think about that? Bajana, you know, I mean, you know, who's another one who, 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 another person who passed away in the battle of Uhud and, and hit the most, you know, you're talking most envious like places to die. If you were, if you could script your death and you could be somewhere in the world, where would you want to be in it's the like, lap of your mother? People plan, people plan their weddings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Baby showers. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. showers. These guys had the most envious departure <sighs> in this world. No, Bajan. What, like you know, you would say my the feet of my mother, or you know, here and or in front of the Kaaba. But another Sahabi who passed away on the lap of the Prophet his head was in the Prophet's lap, 
And the Prophet ﷺ was taking his blessed hands and wiping the dirt off of his face and his beard. And he's saying, Hada minni wa ana minhu. Hada minni wa ana minhu. As he, but Jan, I mean, while he's leaving this world, he's hearing the Prophet saying, He is from me and I am from him. He is from me and I am from him. People leave this world, na'udhu billah, listen to music and songs. This person is hearing the Prophet saying to him, that you are from me and I am from you. And this was none other than Julaibib. You know, when they found this, this Sahabi who just got married, long story, you know, and the Prophet told him not to come. Stay, you're just about to get married after all these years and no one wanted to marry you. Don't come, you don't have to come. He had udr not to come. And he covers himself and he comes to Uhud. And the Prophet said, Hal min ahadin? You know, he asked the Sahaba, "Do you are you missing somebody among the shuhada?" And no one, everyone said, "Naam, fulan, wa fulan, wa fulan." This person, that person, this person. But he, was black, he was a dark companion, black person. Yeah, he was not. A, he, you know, he was not a good-looking companion. So no one, you know, he could not get married to anybody. And the Prophet vouched for him and got him married. Long story, inshallah. One day we'll talk about that. And the Prophet now in Uhud. This also tells you about the istihbar of the Prophet He was so present-minded that he did not miss any small detail. You know the whole story about that lady who used to clean the masjid of the Prophet and he came, comes one day. We always talk about how he went for the janazah and he did the janazah again, right? And he prayed for her on her, on her or he did the dua on her grave again. But the, 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 the thing that always gets me is how did he catch that she wasn't there that day? Like he was so present-minded about his surroundings and he was so grateful to everyone for every small thing they did. Today yeah. we get a little bit busy. We forget the guy who's probably vacuuming the masjid, or that you know, or that sister who's you know uh, volunteering somewhere, or you know, I mean, we forget about these people who are making this all come together. But the Prophet was not like that. So he's yeah. asking, "How do you? Do, do, are you are you missing somebody? Are you missing somebody?" And nobody said Julaibib's name because no one remembered him. He says, "Lakini afqidu Julaibib. I miss him. I can't see him. Go find him." So they found him and next to him were seven non-Muslims that were that, that, that he fought with seven before he passed away and became Shaheed. And then he, he was not, and then the Prophet put his head on his lap and he says to him, minni wa ana minhu, right? minni wa ana minhu. So imagine that's a beautiful way of leaving this world to Bajanax, as you were mentioning that, right? And of course, of course, all the other great stories in Sahaba. I have to tell you, um, Zubair's mom, some women showed up big on Uhud, you know. Um, one of them was Zubair's mom, and anyone who knows Zubair's mom, Zubair's mom is the aunt of the Prophet, right? Sheikh Masmari? Yeah. She is no small, you know. Um, he's a, uh, he, she was unbelievable. She heard about her uh, Hamza, her brother, passing away. Hamza was Safiya's brother. You understand? Alhamdulillah, the lion of the Prophet. And I think one of the tragic deaths of Uhud was Hamza. The Prophet loved him so much that um, if I start talking about Hamza, we're going to have everyone crying right now. Your makeup is going to fly off. That's what's going to happen. All that, all the mascara and the sophoria is going to come off. You know. But the reality is Hamza was so beloved. He was. Can you imagine someone accepting Islam, not by being invited, but be, Hamza comes home from hunting. Sheikh Musaminazam summarizes the story. This is his early Makkah. And his wife says, Hamza, you know what happened today? Your your you know your nephew, your friend Muhammad Rasulullah was insulted by Abu Jahl. He was, and then uh, Hamza is coming back from hunting. Hamza is like, did this happen really? He said, yeah. Did he do it in public? He, she says, yeah. It was bad. 
she Hamza was uh, Hamza was Hamza was so furious he goes straight to Abu Jahl. Abu Jahl is standing around the Kaaba with all the Quraysh. He grabs a spear and he starts to beat Abu Jahl. And then Abu Jahl's wife jumps in front to defend Abu Jahl. And if he didn't you know if Abu Jahl's wife didn't get in front, Abu Jahl would have been knocked out in a cold turkey. And so, you know, so he goes back and then he tells the Prophet Sallallahu different narrations, but I like this narration. It sounds, it has a more of a, uh, you know, touchy story to it. He goes back to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know what? I got your back. I defended you. I heard what Abu Jahl did. He's never going to do that again when I'm around. Prophet Sallallahu said, no, that's not what I want. I, 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 that's not what I want you to do. Go back and take revenge on my behalf. He says, what do you want? He says, I want you to say, la ilaha illallah, become Muslim. Hamza's like, will that make you happy? He said, of course. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu. Hamza becomes Muslim, serves the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, stands next to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Hamza became Muslim three days before Umar became Muslim. All right, and then all the days and nights that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was with Hamza radiyallahu an muftisab when his body was found on the floor, the Prophet couldn't stop crying. Couldn't stop crying. The, the, the abrogation. The, there's one opinion of Ishaq that abrogation. The janazah. They, they used to pray janazah on the shohada before until after Uhud. Then the janazah was, was abrogated on the shohada. The Prophet prayed on the dead bodies, one body after another body. Hamza's body was brought in the beginning. He prayed on it. The next body came. The Prophet said, "Leave that body there." So seventy bodies came one by one. The Prophet prayed on individuals, but Hamza's body stayed there. The Prophet prayed seventy one times, seventy two times, and Hamza radiAllahu an. He was crying, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew the pain. Look at this. The Prophet said, No, I would never go through the pain that I've gone after losing your Hamza. He, he says, I've never been this angry in my life after I saw my, my uncle the way he was killed and tortured. Then, Jibreel comes from the heavens. Allah, Allah has to intervene. Allah has to intervene, right? Because this is getting, the Prophet is getting very hurt. So Allah sends Jibreel from the skies. Ja'ani Jibreel. Fa'akhbarani anna Hamza bint Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib maktubun fi ahl al-sama'i sab'a Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib asadullahi wa asadu rasuli. Jibreel comes from the heavens to inform Prophet that Allah has written Hamza's name above the seven heavens. He is the line of Allah in his Rasul. The line of Allah and his Prophet and the Prophet prayed upon him, and the Prophet covered his body, and then he he was he was in pain. So Hamza's sister Safiya, she heard about her brother the way he was killed. So she comes running to the battlefield. So the Prophet tells her son Zubair bin Awam tell your mother, stay back, stay back. فقال ابن زبير tell her to go back. لا ترى ما بأخيها. I don't want your sister to see what happened to her brother. فقال لها يا أمة إن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يأمرك أن ترجعي. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said, please go back. And she says, قد وليما. She said, why am I? Why? Why is he asking me to go back? وقد بلغني أنه أن قد مثلا. You know, بأخي. I heard my brother was mutilated. His body parts were taken off of his. His organs were taken out of his body. And and this was all done. This was all done for the sake of Allah. I, I have nothing to complain about. Then she said, inshallah. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to hope and reward. And then Zubair comes, tells the Prophet her mom's response. And she comes to see her brother's body. Prophet says, let her come. Let her come. And then she comes, she looks at her brother. Imagine Hamza. Looks at this giant. 
She looks at her brother and then and then she, she prays on her brother Hamza She says, Inna lillahi wa inna and then he was buried. This was one story. Another story is of that woman, Muftisab, that came to the Prophet. She came and she heard in the as the battle was going on, she heard the Prophet was martyred. Prophet was killed. And she was told, Listen, sister, that your father has been martyred. She says, I don't care. I, I, she said, Inna lillahi wa inna kayfa Rasulullah Tell me how the Prophet is. Then someone told her, Your brother has been martyred. She says, Inna lillahi wa inna Where is my Prophet? Someone tells her as she proceeds, Your son has been martyred. Qutila ibnuk wa wa One by one, her immediate male relatives are killed and martyred in the path of Allah. So, what happened to the Prophet? Tell me how my Prophet is. How my Prophet is. And then she, he said, the Prophet's fine. And finally she arrives at the Prophet. Qadi Iyas talks about this. Hisira ibn Hisham has this also. She says, she arrives at the Prophet and she falls on the ground and she says, Ya Rasulullah, kullu musibatin ba'daka jalal. Or Prophet of Allah, after going all, after all the pain that I've heard, seeing you, I forget I forget everything. But then, mashallah, man. Jazakallah khair for enlightening all the stories of love and devotion the Sahaba had for. Yeah, the I got one more, and then that's that. that and then I want to say, I want to say this one. Then you guys can take the mic away from me. Okay, you guys don't give me no time. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Uh-huh. Last one. This one is my favorite. Okay, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. I want. Someone asked how old Hamza Rallana was. Hamza Rallana was how old was he? He was, and according to most narrations, he was fifty-seven to sixty years old. So he was, you know, older than the Prophet Um, to be exact, it could have been fifty-seven. And you know, some say he was 60 years old. Go ahead. Um, so um Hamdullah was also the foster brother of the Prophet. He was the uncle, the foster brother. Um, anyways, so the, the story of um uh, Sa'ad bin Rabi' is one of my favorite also. Sa'ad bin Rabi' radiallahu the Prophet looks around, he doesn't see Sa'ad bin Rabi'ah. Again, he's not from a very famous family, and you know, and uh, the Prophet says, Way in the Sa'ad bin Rabi'ah, and he tells the Sahabi, he tells Zayd radiallahu anhu Zayd. So go and find Sa'ad bin Rabi'ah. Where is he? So they go to search for Sa'ad bin Rabi'ah and they find him. He's just in the throes of death. Like he's about to pass away. And the Prophet says, when you see him, give him my salam. So this is talk about a, you know, uh, like a you know, like departure from this world. So the, pro- the person is leaving this world with the Prophet greeting him and on the opposite side, the angels are greeting him. <laughs> like that's it's unbelievable. So he says, قَالَ إِنَّ رَسُولَ the Prophet he's giving you salam. So the man says, When the Prophet sends you salam, first you respond to him, then the one who sends the salam through. So And then he says, he says, Listen, I want I have some news for you. Give my salam to everybody, but tell my Ansar brothers and sisters. They, on the day of judgment, my friends, my brethren, my sisters will not have an answer to God if the Prophet of Allah is hurt or he's he dies. Because and he says, If your eyes are blinking and the Prophet is and the Prophet is hurt, either you have must have died or the Prophet must be saved. There's no there is no explanation to this. You have to defend the Prophet. And this was a moment where the Sahaba stood up. If someone can steer Jabir's father's story. Um, but, then, um, my, but then, honestly, like all these stories talk about the the love and the sacrifice that these men had and women had for the Prophet um, and and um, 
And when you go to the to Mount Ohad, you remember this and you reflect over this. And now, inshallah, all of us that go there next time can remember these remember these names. And there are many other names like Hamdullah and, and Musa bin Umair and Abdullah bin Jahash, all these great Sahaba and Sahabiyat. Sheikh Masmari, if you can conclude with some concluding remarks about this, you know, for me, I, maybe if you can highlight the the aspect of the Prophet's love for his Ummah. You know, Allah Mahdi Qawmi When this was happening, they were expressing the love for him. And they were, you know, everyone's expressing their love for him. And as he's being pelted with stones and he's bleeding, he could make the Sahaba saying, Allah alayhim, you know, make dua against him. And the Prophet is saying, Oh Allah, guide these people because they don't know me. Tell us how many how much the Prophet went through as injury. Tell yeah, so Shaykh Musman, if you can conclude with some concluding remarks about what, what should be the takeaway as we're leaving Mount Uhud and going back to our hotel that day. So Shaykhana, you know. I had a point, but I'm going to leave that point aside now because you no, just no, no, the point. Point too. I think let, me, let me just tell you because Sheikh Abdul Rahman said something about dua. So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, as my dear Sheikh said, فعلًا, he, he that was his dua. Allah Sheikh Abdul Rahman for starting just laying the foundation. But that was not always the case in that battle. There were a few people that he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made dua against. Allah. And listen to this beautiful hadith. And a lot of people don't pay attention to this. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was reproached by Allah, which means that he was taught a lesson by Allah. Even though we love the Prophet so much, he's our ruh. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had to remind him. There were certain times where the Prophet himself was put in his place. And there's an ayah to prove that. So the Prophet ﷺ made dua against certain people. And Allah then reveals an ayah, لَيْسَ لَكَ مِنَ الْأَمْرِ شَيْءٍ That it is not your business, it is not your authority. Either Allah forgives them or punishes them. This is not your job. This is Allah reproaching His Prophet. One of the leaders or three leaders that attended Uhud, Safwan, he caused so much damage. Safwan ibn Umayyah. Abu Sufyan caused so much damage. Khalid ibn al-Walid caused so much damage. And Allah is telling the Prophet, based on your ilm, even though you are my Prophet, you still have limited ilm. You cannot make dua against anyone. Within 10 years, my dear Mashaikh, the same people that caused the most conflict to the Prophet wasallam were the leaders in Al-Yarmuk. Safwan ibn Umayyah. Abu Sufyan and Khalid ibn al-Walid. So subhanAllah, how we rush to judge and we make dua and we say this or that, Allah is telling the Prophet from the same people that caused you harm are the people that will lead this ummah in the future. And among them are people that basically allowed the ummah to remain steadfast in al-Yarmuk, these three individuals. And the Prophet sallallahu was taught that lesson as we find in Surah Ali Imran, and this is also a lesson for all of us to not be quick to judge at those given moments. Sallallahu alayhi wa So, Shaykh, just take a, we have uh, Mu'ad, Brother Mu'ad al Nas, waiting for us. What are what are the what are your you know concluding remarks to your group as you're getting on the bus and you're leaving? And um, you know, this what are your feelings? What, what are, are your feelings? feelings? So, this is the feeling you want to leave the audience with today. Inshallah, we have tomorrow. We have some other. Um, some other ziyarat, we have Baqi'ah, we have some of the pillars of Masjid oh, wow. 
and we have to talk about these beautiful other places of Masjid Nabawi in, uh, in, in Medina. But today we'll be concluding in this ziyarat. We go to Masjid Qiba as well, Masjid Qiblatain. And maybe we can you know, speak about them a little bit tomorrow. But as we're leaving Uhud, what are you thinking? What are you saying to your audience? And what are you telling us? So when I leave Uhud, it's mostly not about Uhud, what I remind people. I tell people that this was the most... Uh, this was the greatest incident where he sallallahu alayhi wasallam received the most physical harm, which was Uhud. Okay. But subhanallah, he sallallahu alayhi wasallam does not consider this the most difficult time in his life. Correct. The most difficult time in the Prophet's life was not physical abuse, but it was emotional abuse. Mm. Which was a ta'if when he was hosted by Abdi Yalid. And he was stoned out of a ta'if. That emotional abuse was far more worse and difficult for the Prophet than the physical abuse. So make sure that you do not emotionally abuse your spouses, your children, your loved ones, your community. Be very careful for that was more harder than the Prophet than the breaking of his teeth, than the injury on his head, him falling into that hole. The killing of many Sahaba, emotional abuse is very dangerous. Just be very careful in how you carry yourself and I carry myself to the closest people around us and then we extend that circle. Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. Jazakallah khair. Sheikh Abdul Rahman, you know, I know you're not going to ask me, but I'm going to tell you. My, <laughs> you know, um, today, today Sheikh Abdul Rahman is a moderator, you know, so he's trying to keep me yeah, quiet. Yeah, I'm feeling that. You know, so I got to come on time next time just to take care, take care of the whole situation. You know, Mufti Abdul Rahman, I always remind myself when I'm leaving Uhud what my father, Abuji, has told us when we leave Uhud. He says, remember that the Sahaba were with the Prophet the greatest human in the world, with the greatest companions of the world, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, and, you know, Ummi Umara, uh, Safiya, the men and the women that were there. But still the Sahaba... They, they, they face defeat. They face difficulty. Why? What everyone thinks about, why did this happen? What, where were the angels? Correct? Where, where the angels came, 5,000 plus angels came down in Badr. Couldn't they have not showed up in, 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 in Uhud a year later? Why, why are they not here? What's the, what, uh, you know, so you have to understand what happened. The Prophet gave, what, what the result of this is, the Prophet gave very clear instructions. He said, Clearly, listen, I want you to stand behind us on the hill. If you see us killed, do not help us. If you feel that we've become victorious and everything is going well, do not come down and join us. Stay put on the hill. So where is that hill? Is that hill on the slide here? No, it's not. No, it's, it's, it's behind here. It's right behind this thing right here. The okay. cemetery on the left hand side. The archers, do not move from the hill. 50 Sahaba with Abdullah bin Jubayr. Do not move. Clear instructions. The Sahaba neglected, not on purpose. They thought this battle was over. The Muslims were winning. They came down. So some of them left their position. And the reflect and the cause of that was the Prophet getting injured, his Sahaba being mur martyred, and so much happened between the stories that we've even talked about. Why did this happen? The Prophet has given us some instructions in our life. And if we want to have success 
on our daily battles. This is not, we're not every day in Uhud, never inshallah, but we have daily battles in our own life, with our own, with our own self, with our families. If people are struggling with their lives and their families, you might have to introspect and see, maybe I'm neglecting a teaching of the Prophet Maybe I'm neglecting something the Prophet has told us. The Sahaba neglected one command of the Prophet, was a strategic command, of course, and this is the results of it. There are so many teachings of the Prophet that are being neglected in our homes, and because of that, there's no peace in our houses. There's fights between husband and wives. There's neglect and disrespect in the children, and this is why we don't even enjoy our prayers. It's important that we analyze it from both aspects, from a strategic political aspect, from you know, and we also from a spiritual um, lens. And we, we always have to stick firm, firm to the Prophet's practices and teachings. It's not the Prophet was the smartest person. He was smarter than all of us in the world combined. You know, Qadi Iyaz says that Ibn Wahhab ibn Muhabib says, if all the intellect of the world was put together, it would be equal to a mustard seed in front of the Prophet's intellect. If the Prophet said to do something and he asked us to practice, it doesn't make us, you know, goof to and, and just blindly following him. He's, a, he's our teacher, he's an instructor. So we, we should adhere to the Prophet's teaching, love the Prophet and that's what I, I, I take away from Allah when I leave. Zakallah khair, Bajan. That's really important and a, and a good parting advice to everyone who's here. Um, before we leave today, inshallah, we will have uh, Brother Mu'ad al-Nas. Um, some of the brothers and sisters who, uh, who are recommending us to change our timing so that we can facilitate the time for Texas, then we, have, we, have, we will have scheduling conflicts also locally in Michigan. So Alhamdulillah, I mean, it's also it's challenging for us to get here after iftar 20 minutes later and then you have to go for Isha as well. Of course, this is live, so you can always start early and you know come later and you can just still get through the first 15, 20 minutes. We are we apologize that we cannot fix, um, um, fit the timing for everyone wherever they are because we have people viewing from all over the world. Yeah, people, people who have viewed from um, South Africa at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, they're waking up for Tahajjud and Fajr to watch this. So we want to Thank all of them. People from England are viewing, and people Puerto Rico, Palestine, people from all across the world are tuning in. And they're at the Hajj time, and they're waking just to watch you, Sheikh Abdul Rahman and Sheikh Masmari. You know, so so I mean, beautiful face. But I, I mean, I didn't comb my hair today. I, I I was so busy today. I just came out of a lecture and I came here. So it's been. Don't, it's don't, don't worry about it. It's okay. We let you go this time. I promise. Tomorrow, when I come, I'm gonna be all gelled up. You know. <laughs> no, no. We have Brother Mu'ad over waiting for us And so we, I'm going to head out And Sheikh Abdullah you can introduce him So we can go behind the scenes inshallah okay. You're leaving me? No we're here, I'm here, I'm here. We're going to add Sheikh Muhammad Mu'ad al-Nas to the screen Oh, ahlan wa sahlan marhaban Assalamu alaikum Kayf al-hal? Bikhair, alhamdulillah, ahlan wa sahlan bil masayikh Ayyakumullah, good to see you Thank you 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 are mashallah frequent uh, visitor to our miftah program and you are blessed us many times in month of Ramadan and after that and before that basically I think you should sign a contract with miftah that you should be joining us Sheikh Mu'ad al-Nas has one of the most beautiful melodious voices and in the in the days of Dil Hijjah in the days where we're supposed to be in Medina they typically the Hujjaj will be in Medina and they'll be yeah. visiting the Prophet. ﷺ. And if you go back last Hajj, there's not an inch or a feet around the Prophet's masjid where you can walk. It's so busy. And here we are, um, unfortunately, because of circumstances, we can't go. So, Mu'ad, Brother Mu'ad al Nas, Ustad Mu'ad al Nas, always with his melodious voice, 
he takes us back to Medina with his Arabic poetry and his melodious voice, so beautiful. And Sheikh Ma'ad Nas, where are you originally from and where are your parents from? Can you tell us a little bit? Uh, Syria, Damascus, Syria. Yeah. Damascus. And, and people don't, I think he's being very modest, but Sheikh uh, Ustad Mu'ad al-Nas is the son of a very big Sheikh. And can you tell us a little bit about your father? Uh, MashaAllah, my uh, father combined the knowledge of this dunya, like he's a physician, and MashaAllah, he's master in Qiraat and Fiqh. And in this time, it's very difficult to combine these two together. You know, it's challenging. It's like not easy. And MashaAllah, he like... Uh, He's Zahid in this dunya also. Sorry? MashaAllah. Sheikh Samir al-Nas. Sheikh Samir al-Nas. Sheikh Samir al-Nas. Naam. Dr. Samir, Sheikh Samir al-Nas. Naam. And MashaAllah, he's... Uh, every morning in the morning, every day in the morning, he teach Quran like around like between four to five hours after Fajr in Masjid Sheikh Muhyiddin in Syria. And uh, sometimes he will be back from U.S. or England. He will arrive like 10 or 11 p.m. Then he will pray Fajr next day in the morning, then stay in Sheikh Muhyiddin to teach Quran. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. You know, yeah. and your father did residency in Flint, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, in Michigan. So, yeah. So, yeah. so you lived in, did you live? No, actually, I, I born in uh, Saudi Arabia after he left from the U.S., my two oldest brother born here Mashallah. in Michigan, but me in Jeddah, Ard al-Hijaz. Alhamdulillah, Ard al-Hijaz. So we are so fortunate. You are a very pious person, mashallah. You have so much love for the Prophet Sallallahu And you're from a very noble family, um, Sheikh Samir al-Nas. So, um, you know, we are excited to have you, inshallah. Please remind us of, of the journey to Medina and the love of the Prophet Sallallahu in these beautiful days. So we'll let you go ahead, inshallah. بسم الله الحج وفانا هيم معنا الحج وفانا هيم معنا لنزور نبينا وبيت الحرام هيم معنا والنبي دعانا هيم معنا الحج وفانا هيم معنا الحج وفانا هيم معنا لنزور نبينا وبيت الحرام هيم معنا والنبي دعانا هيم معنا والنبي دعانا والكعبة أفاضت أنوارا حباها الله الأسرارا الكعبة أفاضت أنوارا حباها الله الأسرارا أطوف بقلبي أدوارا أطوف بقلبي أدوارا وأصلي عند لقياها الحج وفانا هيم معانا الحج وفانا هيم معانا لنزور نبينا وبيت 
همو معانا وين ما بدعانا همو معانا وين ما بدعانا على المدينة يحدو الركب إلى نبينا هم القلب على المدينة يحدو الركب إلى نبينا هم القلب ربي بلغنا والصحب ربي تجمعنا والصحب أقرب يوم للقياها الحج وفانا همو معانا لنزور نبينا وبيت الحرام همو معانا وين بدعانا همو معانا وين بدعانا خير البرية نظرة إلي ما أنت إلا يا حبيبي كنز العطية ما أنت إلا يا حبيبي كنز العطية يا بحر فاضل وتجاتل جدلي بوصل يا حبيبي قبل المانية جدلي بوصل يا حبيبي قبل المانية خير البرية نظرة إلي ما أنت إلا يا طه كنز العطية ما أنت إلا يا حبيبي كنز العطية أدخل المدينة وصلوا عليه أدخل المدينة وصلوا عليه قولوا يا نبينا يا محمد عليك السلام قولوا يا نبينا يا محمد عليك السلام ما شاء الله ما شاء الله ما شاء الله اللهم صل على محمد um, what else do you have in, in 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 your mind inshallah please give us some more beautiful of this reminder of the prophet city and his love hadir said inshallah bismillah i'm sure you have sirri ladayha oh sirri ladayha yeah oh i love that one hadir said سري لديها تبدى فقلت كوني أمينا يا ناقة الشوقنا نسير نحو المدينة نسير نحو المدينة فتمتمت مقلتها 
ودرغنا وتاها يقول حقا سنغدو بعد النوافي المدينة بعد النوافي المدينة يلا قولوا سري لديها تبدا فقلت كوني أمينا يا ناقة الشوقين نسير نحو المدينة نسير نحو المدينة وفاح عطر الجنان فما ملكت جناني لأن ما كان مني قد شم ريح المدينة قد شم ريح المدينة لما دخلت المدينة فضى الغبار علينا فقلت للقلب أنشق هذا غبار المدينة هذا غبار المدينة يلا قولوا سري لديها تبدا فقلت كوني أمينا يا ناقة الشوق إنا نسير نحو المدينة نطير نحو المدينة كانت لروحي مآبا فراق عيشي وطابا صلاة ربي على من أقام صرح المدينة أقام صرح المدينة سيد العرب وانت عيوني يا منيتي عن كل إنسان سيد العرب وانت عيوني يا منيتي عن كل إنسان يا سيدات أهل الحجوني يا أهل الوفا والجود والأحسان سيد العرب سيد العجام سيد العرب سيد العجام الهاشمي زين السجايا باهي المحيا نور الاقمار الهاشمي زين السجايا باهي المحيا نور الاقمار الشمس تجري في جبينه ينفح بذكره زاكي الاعطار سيد العرب سيد العجام سيد العرب سيد العجام قال المتيم سالي دمعي شوقا لذاك الروضي والدار دار المشفع من بحسنه قلبي تولع والعقل حار سيد العرب سيد العجام سيد العرب سيد العجام مولاي صل وسلم دائما أبا 
على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم مولا يا صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم هو الحبيب الذي ترجى شفاعته لكل هول من الأهوال مقتحم مولاي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم نبينا الأمير ناهي فلا أحد أبر في قول لا منه ولا نعم مولاي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم يا رب بالمصطفى بلغ مقاصدنا واغفر لنا ما مضى يا واسع الكرم واغفر إلهي لكل للمسلمين بما يطلب في المسجد الأقصى وفي الحرم مولاي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير Everybody, please say, say mashallah, Allah. You know, I want, I want to let you go. We all have to go. We have a few minutes left. You think we can sneak in Qamaru? Hadar, Sayyidi. Shukran. قمرون قمرون قمر سيدنا النبي قمر الله الله وجميل 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 سيدنا النبي وجميل وكف المصطفى كالورد نادي الله الله وعطرها يبقى إذا مست أيادي الله الله وكف المصطفى كالورد نادي الله الله وعطرها يبقى إذا مست أيادي الله الله وعم نوالها كل العبادي وعم نوالها كل العباد 
Habibullahi ya khairal baraya qamarun 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 sibna nabi Qamarun Allah Allah Wajameen Wajameen Wajamil sibna nabi Wajameen Wajamalu minka Lam tarakattu aynun Allah Allah وَأَكْمَلُ مِنْكَ لَمْ تَلِدِ النِّسَاءُ اللَّهَ اللَّهُ وَأَجْمَلُ مِنْكَ لَمْ تَرَقَطُ عَيْنٌ اللَّهَ اللَّهُ وَأَكْمَلُ مِنْكَ لَمْ تَلِدِ النِّسَاءُ اللَّهَ اللَّهُ خُلِقْتَ مُبَرَّأً مِنْ كُلِّ عَيْبٍ خلقت مبرأا من كل عيب كأنك قد خلقت كما تشاء قمرون قمرون قمر سبنا النبي قمر الله الله وجميل 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 سيدنا النبي وجميل اللهم صل وسلم وبارك عليه وعلى آله ما شاء الله تقبل الله أستاذ where are you? Which state are you in? Are you in Florida? Where are you? I'm in Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Okay, and yeah. thank you so much. And give our salam to your father, your respected Bismillah. father. Bismillah. Bismillah. Your brother that's in Canada, Toronto, correct? Yeah, my uh, older brother, Ibrahim. And mashallah, we love his voice also. And give our salam to your family. All of us in Flint love you and your family. In Allah, mahfadkum jami'an. Inshallah, we'll see you everybody. You know, he, today we was in Arabic. And sometimes we have Urdu, we had Zainbika earlier, and we had English. So sometimes we change the language around. Arabic is a very beautiful language. Even if you could not understand the meaning, I'm sure you enjoyed it. It was many of the many of it was just bless, um, singing the praise of the Prophet We are remembering the Prophet his beautiful city, and the travel there, and what how Medina is. And we hopefully we'll go back there soon. So I want I don't want to hold you back. Ustad, inshallah, you have a great day. Keep us in your du'as. Inshallah, we'll see you soon, inshallah. Shukran, thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I want to thank everyone for joining. Jazakumullah khair. Uh, we're getting into Isha time zone here. I want to just encourage everyone to please um, become a Miftah sustainer. Jo uh, if you can go on and join us and support Miftah, $10, $20, $30, $100, $500 a month, anything you can do, small but consistent, especially in the days of the Hijjah, the month, the acts of the Hijjah, the best acts and doing the entire year. Allah loves the acts, the good deeds in these 10 days. So please do not forget to join and become part of Niftah and the growth of the institution and everyone where all the voices and all the messages and all the lectures and series are going across the world, people tuning in from all across the world. You can be part of it and get Ajr, inshallah.
Um, please, tomorrow, Friday night, we have a, a special edition. The Hijjah edition is going to continue, but a special Friday night edition. We will have Sheikh Hamza Mehta, who is an imam in San Francisco. Very dear friend of mine. Love him so much. He was one of my uh, fellow friends at Islamic Boarding School in Canada. Um, classmate, dear friend, Sheikh in San Francisco. He'll be joining us. Uh, what Sheikh Masmari tomorrow? And we will have an Urdu Nasheed artist joining us from overseas across the Atlantic, joining us. Very famous person also. We're not going to give his name away. That all is happening tomorrow um, on at 9.30. So don't you don't want to miss tomorrow. It's going to be a very special Friday night segment. And of course, Saturday we have a, a, a Miftah seminar. This is going to be 5 to 7, completely free, by Joe Bradford, one of the best in this field. How to do your calculation. What are the things that you have to pay zakat on? So please join us Saturday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Joe Bradford will be on Miftah. Please register entirely free class. It's there to educate us. And this is the end of the year. So many people still have to pay the zakah. Some people calculate their zakah from Ramadan to Ramadan. Some people do it from Dil Hijjah to um, Dil Hijjah. Muharram is the new year Islamic calendar. So please join us on Friday night, Saturday. Again, 9.30 on Saturday. Please become a Miftah sustainer. Please continue to join us in all of our programs. Keep us in your du'as. Don't forget to tune in to the history of the Kaaba. 5 p.m. Sheikh Asim, fourth episode came out today. If you're watching it, please let us know your feedback and you're enjoying it. And please continue to love, like, and share our content and pray for us. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Good night from Miftah.